0: Welcome to the Indino Ministries, and thank you for uh, giving us feedbacks, and also thank you for subscribing into our uh, YouTube uh, postings, and also we want to thank you for giving us some, uh, some questions. And also we would like to also thank you for some requests of some topics that uh, we should discuss in this program. I want to share something with you and one of the uh, latest questions that we have received from one of our subscribers, and his question is from Gen uh, 316. And since the question is in English, so I assume that our brother who is asking this question, I think that he prefer to have the answer in English. And so I'd like to read his question where it says that if Paul says in Romans 2.16 that his gospel will be the benchmark in the judgment seat of Christ for the members of the body of Christ to receive the reward, would John 3.16 be counted for, uh, for them, the church, the body of Christ, to get the reward if this verse was applied in their lives? Um, I, I assume that our brother who is asking these questions probably has something in mind saying that uh, the Gospel of John or the book of John is not, is not for us today and of course it was not written to us. I would, uh, I would say uh, directly to the body of Christ uh, the content and the seating of the, uh, the writings of John, it, was, it is, an, uh, it is one, of the, one of the four Gospels, and mainly devoted into the, uh, the ministry, the earthly ministry of Christ. And yet, when you think of the, uh, the specific verses and some other verses, I know that before we will discuss, the question is that I'd like to give some little backgrounds on, uh, on the book. That when the book was written, the Gospel of John, it was written sometimes in between 85, between 84 to 87 AD. So you would imagine that it has been almost 50 years after the conversion of Paul. So if the conversion of Paul, that is the point, the turning point, and that would have been, let's say, if we consider that it was the beginning of the body of Christ, so the body of Christ must have already begun more than 40 years, almost 50 years. And so most of the recipients, and the readers of the Gospel of John were already members of the body of Christ. Now, when you look at when you look at the scriptures, I know that you can, we can easily be swayed in sometimes using some verses, uh, verses that has nothing to do the the meaning. The real meaning has nothing to do with really our intentions and the truth that we want to emphasize. But when you look at John three sixteen. I'd like to return this uh, question to our brother who is asking this question. Is there anything in that verse that is contrary to the message of Paul today? Is there any part of John 3.16 that is contrary to the message of Paul? I'd like to read that verse, you know, where it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Okay? The first part of the verse where it says, for God to love the world. Is that true to us today? Is that the same message that Paul is saying, that God loves the whole world? Is it true? I am sure it is. It's positively sure. And the second part, is that, that he gave his only begotten son? Is that true to you today? Is that true to the message of Paul today? That God, because of his love toward us, he gave his only begotten son, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. That is true to us today. So when you think of it that when you think that is there anything, is there anything that is contrary to the message of Paul? No. It's in fact it's a complementary. You know, when you look at Romans chapter 5, verse 8, where it says that God commended his love toward us. It's the same. For God so loved the world. For God commended his love toward us. And he said, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And he said, he gave his only begotten son. And that is giving his only begotten son. Was there something in the mind of the writer? that he was, you know, that uh, has to do with the with the death of the Lord Jesus Christ? Of course, yes. Of course it did. You know, when you when you think uh, John the Baptist, when he quoted you John the Baptist, when the Lord Jesus Christ coming to be baptized with John the Baptist, and John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Same. So there are more, in fact to the end, until the end of the the end of the book of John, there are so many things that are True to us today, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ in chapter one, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, how the how the logos, how the Word became flesh, the uh, the uh, the manifestations, the incarnation of Christ. It is true to us. There's nothing wrong with that. And so, uh, in fact, when you look at John three sixteen, it has probably better, uh, it's a a better outline when you think of the uh, when you think of that passage. Because it's not only that God loves us, but He proved His love toward us by giving His only begotten Son. Anybody would read John 3.16 today, nobody would, not unless if he saw novice in the scriptures, that he would not think that when it says that God gave His only begotten Son, that he would not connect that to the death of the Lord Jesus Christ giving his only begotten son has to do with his death by dying at the cross of Calvary and so you know when you look at that it said well, for God to love the world he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe, believe it on him whosoever believe it on him the same thing we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ we believe in the Lord Jesus shall not perish and you know when you look at in uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 8 it's not complete you have to look at chapter eight, verse one, where it says, "There is, therefore, now no condemnation for them which are in Christ Jesus." So there is now no condemnation for them which are in Christ Jesus. That is more complete, you know, in when uh, when you look at John. Now, when you when you think of the gospel, when Paul says that uh, men shall be judged according to my gospel, that all men shall be judged according to my gospel, that means. From the time of Paul until the time of the rapture, at the closing of this age, the body of Christ, then all men, all men shall be judged according to the Gospel of Paul, of course, yes, they will not be judged according to the law, for they were not we are not under the law today today, so we are we are going to be judged, and everybody will be judged according to the Gospel of Paul, but the word gospel. It's not confined, it's not limited, its scope is not limited to just the death the uh, the burial and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It has to do with the, body, the whole body of truth. I'll just give you one example of it. it. 's in Colossians chapter one verse five, where it says, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, whereof ye heard before in the word of truth of the gospel, is it of the hope laid up for you in heaven' what we have heard before in the word of truth of the gospel. So when we speak about our hope in the heavenly hope, that's part of our gospel. So it's the whole body of truth. Of course, when you look at the whole gospel, the whole gospel, the pulling gospel today, they are not all, they are not all mystery. Even the death, the resurrection, and uh, even the, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ is something that is not, uh, that is not uh, a mystery. I just, wanna, I just want you to uh, remind you of the passage in, in 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to 3, where it says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preach unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory that which I preach unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. Now, just yes, I want you to take note of that uh, last phrase. Is it according to the Scriptures? What Scripture he is referring to? This is the Old Testament, and so in in the New Testament, you know, when you look at in the Old Testament. Uh, this is in, uh, in in verse 4 which says that he was buried and uh, and that he rose again again on the third day according to the scriptures so that's in verse 4 in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 4 and so you know it's it's interesting when you look at um, when you look at that there are so many truths that are what we call interdispensational in nature or we would probably call it uh, between uh, between the vertical and horizontal the horizontal truth so as so justification by faith. They're horizontal in nature. They are justification by faith. And that is what Paul, in, in fact, he speaks of that in, uh, in Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, verse 1 to 8, where he, uh, where he quoted you know, Abraham and also David. Abraham before the law and then David during the law. And applied, uh, he, he applied it to us today that we are being justified without works. We are not under the law, we are we are, but we are justified by faith. Of course, our object of our faith is different than Abraham and different than David. Because our you know, we believe today, we believe on the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, that is not the message of Abraham in his days. That is not how he was being justified. He believed in the promises of God that God has given. You know, in the in the New Testament, there are at least, you know. 300, somebody, somebody said that there are 300 explicit quotations or citations from the Old Testament. And out of the 300 citations from the Old Testament, 107 of those citations, explicit citations, really from the writings of the Apostle Paul or in the Epistles of Paul. So you think of that. You know, you think that the amount, uh, the amount, the abundance of quotations of Paul from the Old Testament—so many of them. You know, so uh, once again, when you think of it, there are only uh, maybe there are only few. Uh, I would say there are only few books in in Pauline epistles that did not contain an explicit uh, citations from the Old Testament. You know, such as uh, probably you think of First and Second Thessalonians, uh, Philippians. Um, Philippians and Philemon. Although in, in 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 these books we can see an implicit, an implicit, uh, or, uh, implicit. It's not an explicit, but it's an implicit. You can we can find, you know. And so, the Old Testament when you when you try to think of, you know, when you think of what are the things that pull, you know, some of the subjects, big subjects that he. You know he dealt in in his writings, in his epistles. There are several of them, many of them, such as election, justification, uh, justification by faith. Uh, you know uh, the man should uh, should live uh, that the man should live by faith alone, and works, good works he has to do, ministry. And he speaks about his rights as uh, as a servant of God that he should have that he you know he has the right also to enjoy the material blessings and material fruits of his labor, and of course he cited several uh, several uh, verses from the from the Old Testament, and such as uh, even marriage, the principle in marriage, how we should raise our children between husband and wives. They are, you know, he made citations from Genesis, even way back from Genesis. Ethical teaching, separation from sin, resurrection, wisdom, and even collection for the poor. Even speaking in tongues. Still, you know, he quoted, you know, there's quotations. There's so many quotations uh, when he uh, tried to prove that in, in, in the Old Testament. And so when you, uh, once again, we think, so what is the use of the uh, the Old Testament? when you say that so many writings are uh, so many writings there are so many books in the in the bible not only in the old testament but also in the new testament so what is the what are the use of those you know so many of those verses you know you think of those but uh, the bible says you know when when we look at in uh, when you look at the scriptures paul says that those are uh, the whole scriptures, he said, the whole scriptures are given uh, by the inspiration of God, and this is what he says in Second Timothy chapter uh, chapter three, reading from fifteen verse fifteen to sixteen to seventeen, it says that, and that from childhood thou hast known the whole scriptures, which thou art able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, he's talking to Timothy. He was being raised by a Jewish mother and grandmother. And the Bible says, Paul uh, specifically says that he was being raised by, he he grew up with the knowledge of the scriptures, I mean, the Old Testament, and that wise unto salvation through faith that brought him and introduced him to, to salvation. And in verse sixteen, is it all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, for instructions in righteousness. And in Romans fifteen, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's in verse seventeen. Now in Romans fifteen four, where it says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures, might have hope. Now all things, now this, all these things, excuse me, happen unto them for examples. And they were written for our admonitions upon whom the ends of the world are come. So they are given to us for examples, for our lessons, for our, you know, for something for us to, to think how they live and how they were being justified and how God dealt with them. And God's principles, that God's principles from the Old Testament all the way to the book of Revelation, from Genesis all the way to the Book of Revelation. If nothing, if anything we preach, if we teach something that is not even from taken from the writings of the Apostle Paul, if it is not contrary to his teaching, therefore it's you know it's right. And that should be. You know, if I if I will teach, if I will teach, let's say, if I will teach. Uh, if i will teach the trinity we will not be confined only to the writings of paul you'll teach the whole scriptures if you'll teach the deity of christ you'll teach the whole scriptures you will not be confined only in the 13 epistles or 14 epistles of paul and you will be more uh, you'll be more blessed and you'll be richly uh, you'll be enriched with so many truths and once again the revelation of Paul, the whole revelation of Paul, they are not all mystery. They are not all mystery. And so many of them are interdispensational, intertestamental, you know, horizontal in nature. They're true from ages to ages, they're the same. You know, uh, and so we are being blessed. We are being blessed. But we realize and we have to acknowledge that Paul laid out his authority as the apostle for us today in this dispensation of grace, the body of Christ. Of course, there are so many things that are mystery in this dispensation. Even the dispensation itself is a mystery. The church, which is the body of Christ, the joining between the Jew and the Gentiles and putting them in the the same body with no difference between the Jew and the Gentiles, that is a mystery. Our hope is a mystery. The ending of this dispensation was a mystery. The beginning of this dispensation was a mystery. So many things are a mystery. But in all, but not all. The writings of Paul and the teachings of Paul were a mystery. You know, so many things. And we, will be, we are so blessed that today we can see the whole scriptures, something in the past, in the present, and even in the future, in front of us, laid upon us. That's beautiful. That's a real blessing to us that we can understand. And God will bless us if we handle the Word of God, if we study the Word of God and we will apply the Word of God rightly dividing. He will honor you and He will bless you and He will reward you. And God bless you.